thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. Let's read Matthew chapter 13, starting verse 44 through 46. It says this, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, everyone say found it, he hid it again. And then, in his joy, went and sold all that he had. Everyone say sold. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say sold. All that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one, say found, of great value, he went away and sold. Everyone say sold. Everything he had and he bought it. These two stories, they're very simple. You might think, how in the world are you going to get a whole message out of this? Listen, this is remarkable because these speak of Jesus. And just so you know, as we've already looked at this morning, Jesus is the only answer to this world. And I believe it with all of, all of my heart. I, I will commit my life to speaking of Jesus Christ and him crucified because it is for one what Paul spent his life doing. But also, if we do that, we will, we will see the results of that hope rippling throughout the earth and changing the world. And so when we look at this, we're going to see things this morning that maybe you've never seen before. But what I love about these two parables is Jesus talks about four things. Searching, or say searching. Say finding. Say selling. And buying. And what I love about this is that Jesus is speaking about himself and when we look into this, we're going to find that he actually, I'm going to give it away at the beginning, just so you know this, that he is the hidden treasure that we just read about, and he is the pearl of great price, which we just read about. And the first thing I want to look at today, at what Jesus is talking about, he was talking about searching. And so in Matthew 13, verse 45, he says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. In search of fine pearls. So Jesus is telling a story that's for every person here today that is searching. If I was to say, listen, raise your hand today if you're searching for something. I bet you a lot of hands will go up. If you are searching for something, if you're looking for something. And this merchant had, all, had a collection of fine pearls already. Because he sold all the other pearls so that he could buy the one pearl of incredible value. So he already had pearls. And I would say that this merchant actually had been dealing in pearls for a long time. He, had been, he would take this pearl and, and put these two pearls together and buy that pearl. And then he'd take that pearl and then he'd take another pearl, put those two together and find another pearl. He was a pearl merchant. That's what he did. And he had been doing this for a long time, so he had a nice collection of pearls. He had a nice collection of, of these, these beautiful stones or whatever they're called that he would use to use them and to trade with them and to make a living. But as the words of, of the well-known U2 song say, he still hadn't found what he was looking for. He was still searching. It's interesting, actually, that that song written by U2, who is the, the lead singer, which is Bono, they were very familiar with religion. I don't know if you knew that or not. They grew up in Ireland, very familiar with religion and the rigidity of religion. 
And they, that song is actually about Jesus going to the cross. But even as they sang that, they still had this tagline in there, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And the merchant was probably very similar. And I wonder if this could describe many of us here today. I don't know where you're at. I know where I'm at. I know where maybe a couple of my friends are at. But I don't know where all of us are at. And maybe this describes some of us. Maybe you've grown up in church. Maybe you've been brought to church from a young age. Maybe you can tell me what the gospel is in four points and a poem and a prayer. Maybe you can, if I was to say turn to uh, Romans chapter 2, you could get there in 30 seconds flat. Maybe you know where everything is in the Bible. Maybe you have knowledge of what's right and what's wrong, but there's still a restlessness in your heart. There's still something in you that says, I still maybe haven't found what I'm looking for. And there's just a restlessness. And this is exactly the same position as the pearl merchant was in. This is what Jesus is showing us here today. See, this pearl merchant, he had pearls. Some were big, some were odd-shaped, some probably had a little story behind them, some were a lot of fun, some he could tell you this story, some, boy, he almost got robbed and that pearl was almost taken away from him. He had a lot of things going for him, but he was still looking for something better than what he already had. He was still in search. So the pearls that he had still weren't good enough. He was still searching for something better. He still had not found what he was looking for. And maybe that describes you today. There are many good things in your life, some big pearls, some little, people that you love, passions that you pursue and that are of great value to you. Maybe you have, all, maybe you have your bag of pearls, but there's still a restlessness in you. There's still something in you that's just satisfied. And you're looking for more. You know, you may not say that, maybe the people around you. Maybe the people around you think you've got it all together, that you are as satisfied as you could possibly be. But from your heart, you would say, with all the good things in my life, there's still a deep desire for more. There's still something in me that's just not satisfied. And maybe today, you could say, I, I, you know, Jason, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, but no one else knows that. This was like the merchant. So for those of you today who are searching, and for us that are searching, including myself, this story of Jesus is for you. This story is for all of the searchers who are on a journey to find what they're looking for. So I want to talk to you. The second thing that Jesus brings up in this is about Finding. Everyone say finding. Jesus says this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found. And then he goes on to say, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one. So this story is about finding something. It's about looking for something and then finding it finally. And the first thing about this story that helps us understand that this actually this treasure is hidden. So this is when I looked at this, I thought this, is it possible to be near the treasure and, not actually, and actually know it's not there and actually don't know it's there? 
Is it possible to be near what I've been looking for, but really not even know that it's there? This was for the merchant, or this was for the man walking in the field. The treasure is hidden in a field. I mean, this man may have walked the field a thousand times. He may have plowed in the field. He might have bumped into the treasure that he found later with his plow, but he thought, ah, whatever, and he just went on. And he never found that treasure. He didn't even know it was there. He had never seen it before. And this is a picture, actually, of all of us. Like, what is Jesus saying to us today? Yeah, I know Jesus was saying that then, but what is he saying to us today from this parable This is a picture of all of us in some way or another. Maybe it's like you. Maybe you can read the Bible and you don't see much value in it. It just doesn't, ah, there it is. Maybe you come to church and you're surrounded by people who love Jesus. You're surrounded by people who worship and they're they're passionate. And you look at them and you think, what are you doing? I don't get this. I don't understand. Maybe you're looking at me this morning and saying, Jason, are you for real? Do you, are you really this passionate about Jesus? Do you really care this much about this man named Jesus? Or maybe you, you might even be thinking today, maybe searching that, that, you know what? I think all these people are faking it. I think most of these people are off the rocker. Well, let me tell you, not all of us are, but some of us are. <laughs> and you might be thinking we're faking it. Because... This whole thing just doesn't make a lot of sense to you. Maybe you're an observer, and you see the field, but you don't see the treasure. You know, I've always been inspired by these stories of martyrs. And because my wife and I spent some time in the UK ministering there, I always wanted to go to the place where these martyrs gave up their life for the sake of Jesus. It always moved me. I wanted to be in the place where they would gather the works of Tyndale, which was the first um, English translation of the Bible, and they burnt them. And anyone who had a page from that book, it was punishable by death. And many people died because of it. I wanted to go to the places where some of them were not even named. We don't know who they were. But they refused to recant their faith in Jesus Christ. And they chose a horrible Painful death over recanting. Many times the questions came this, recant and you can go home to your families. Continue to confess Christ and you will die. And they chose death. One of the stories that stands out to me the most is the story of Thomas Hawk. And I've actually shared it here before. But I'll share it again of one of the martyrs who was confessing Christ, him and his friends, Followers of Jesus. And because of their confession in Christ, they were being punished. They were put on trial. They were found guilty. And they were given the opportunity to recant. And when Thomas Hawk was given the opportunity to recant, in other words, say, I do not believe in Jesus. He said this, no, I will not. If I had a hundred (laughs) bodies, I would suffer them all. To be torn in pieces rather than recant my love and commitment to Jesus Christ. And actually they lined them up, Thomas Hawk and three of his friends, to be burned to the stake because they wouldn't recant. And they were scared, and they, as, as all of us would be. And they, they were discussing, Thomas, you, you need to give us a sign. Give us a sign that Jesus gives you the grace. 
to endure the pain. And they made an agreement that Thomas, as Jesus would give him the grace to endure, he would put his hands up in the air to show them that Jesus is with them. So they led Thomas Hawk out to the stake and they tied him and they lit the fire. And the fire began to burn and his friends looked on. The fire consumed him, it consumed the pole, it began to consume his body, and his ropes on his hands burned and they fell to their side. And his friends looked on. As his body began to burn beyond recognition, out of the fire shot two mangled hands. And he clapped them three times. And he put them back down. And he died. What would possess a man or a woman to endure that? Why? I'll tell you. Because the treasure they found was more valuable than their own lives. The treasure they found in the field, that they found it one day, and that treasure was Jesus Christ. It was more valuable to them than their very breath alone. Did you know the same thing is happening today in the Middle East? Christian believers are being told to recant their faith in Christ or face the pain of death. And you know what their response is? I choose Christ over death. Men and women choosing the most brutal deaths rather than recanting their faith in Jesus Christ. Does that even make sense to us? Does it make any sense that in the 21st century, in 2010, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, that men and women, women would count Jesus Christ of greater value, of greater worth, of greater treasure than their own lives? This is the point in these parables. This is what Jesus is getting after. This is what Jesus is wanting us to see, that he is the pearl of great price. He is the treasure hidden in the field. Well, if you're going to give Jesus a hand, come on, give it to him. That's good. This is what Jesus is saying. He is worth more than anything else in this world, even more than life itself. Do we see that today? Or is the value of Jesus still hidden? Those martyrs had to see something in Jesus that that said, my life comes second to my confession of Jesus. Why is Jesus of such supreme value that people would lay their lives down for him? First one is this, because of who he is. Colossians 1.19 says this, in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Colossians 2.3 says, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus is God in the flesh, the creator of the universe. He came to this world. Jesus is God in human body. He is God with a human psyche. He was tempted just like you and me have been tempted. He knows what you're going through. No matter what age you are, young, old, and you say, well, God doesn't understand. He absolutely understands. You know, I've often heard it said, you know, that that God sent his son to earth so that he would know what it's like to be man. That's actually not true. 
God knows everything. He doesn't need, he is all-knowing. He sent his son to this earth so that you would know that he knows, that he knows what it's like to be human. So that you can know this Savior that I serve has been tempted just like me. He's walked through the trials of life. He's been pulled on by the needs of people, of men, and the needs of, of, of everything that's happened in his life. He's been rejected. He's been hurt. He's been betrayed. He's felt insecure. He was loving, he was working, he was weeping, and he was God with us and God for us. That's who he is. He is of supreme value because nobody else can be who he is. No matter what. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. No one can be who Jesus is. Here's a dividing statement in in our times today. Jesus is the only way to God. He's the only way. Without Jesus, you cannot have God. If you reject the Son, John says, you reject the Father. I don't care. You can rub a a big belly on some guy in Asia, and you're not going to meet with God. You can go to the mountaintops and fly little ribbons in search of spirits. They're false demonic spirits. You can do anything you want. You can call it anything you want. It's not God. The only access to God is through Jesus Christ because of who he is and because of what he has done. Number two, why is he of supreme value? Because what he has done. He lived a life that you and I could never live. He lived a life God called you and I to live, but we could never do so. He fulfilled everything that God required of you and I, and he lived it. And he laid down his life as a sacrifice for you and I on behalf of you and I. Because it was all about us. For God so loved the world, all of us, that he sent his only son. Then Jesus tasted death, just like every one of us in this room will taste one day. And then death could not hold him. And he rose in the power of God, purchasing the same life for you and me so that when we die, we actually don't die. One day we will rise again in life. Our bodies will be alive again and our spirits will continue to live forever. Why? Because Jesus lived that life for us. So death cannot hold us. Now he sits at the right hand of the Father now, Jesus does, advocating on your behalf. You think, you know, I'm alone, Jason. You're not alone. That's a lie from the enemy. Jesus is with you. His spirit is in you. He's also with the Father at the same time. He's praying for you. Hey, do you see my son? Oh, God, let's let's bless him today. Let's encourage him. Let's be with that the, the young woman today who's struggling with depression or that young mom who's lost a child or that dad that just seemed his child has, has gone off the rails or that family that's just lost their job. And, hey, let's, I, and he's praying for you all the time. Also, why is he of supreme value? Because what he offers Jesus says to you today, come to me, all of you who are weary, all of you who are burdened, and I will give you rest for your soul. I will give you peace to you. I will give you peace that the world can't give you. No matter how much you try to find it, no matter where you look, no matter what building you go in, you won't find it. You only find it in Jesus. He offers that which will cleanse you from your past sins. He will cleanse you from your present sins so that, listen to this, they can never be charged against you ever. 
You are delivered from your past completely. You are delivered from your sin now completely. And he reconciles you to God. He brings you back into your relationship with God, God the Father. He reconciles that relationship. Now you can be in relationship with him. This is what he offers. That you went from a sinner facing impending death and judgment to that of a son or daughter anticipating a glorious inheritance from your heavenly father. That's what Jesus done. No one else can do that. He is supreme value not because of who he is and not just because of what he's done, but because nobody else offers what he offers. Nobody. Nobody. And those religions that try to add things to Scripture or make a book and say, yeah, we still, believe in, we still believe in the Bible, but here's an extra book from this other guy who looked through these stones and wrote something down. And uh, What are you talking about? The Word of God is as clear as a bell. No one offers anything like Jesus offers. And why is Jesus of supreme value? Because here's, here's this is my favorite point here. Because he can never be taken from you. <laughs> Alexander McLaren, a pastor from Scotland in the late 1900s, said this. Now, this. This rocked my world this week when I found this quote. Nothing that can be taken from me is truly mine. Think about this for a moment. Nothing that can be taken from me is truly mine. Think about the big pearls of your life. Think about your job, your family, your friends, your title, your business, your freedom, your ministry, the pleasures of life, your health, your dreams, your money, your independence. All of these can be taken from you. And one day, they will be. You say, well, thanks, Jason. Appreciate that today. <laughs> one day, they're all going to be taken from you. Every pearl you obtain in this life, every pearl you've got in your bag, no matter what you call it, no matter, no matter what it is, it will be taken from you. You'll have it for a time. Except for one pearl, Jesus Christ. He can never be taken from you. He's the only pearl that you can truly say with 100% confidence, that's mine. That belongs to me and he belongs, I belong to him and he Belongs to me. Jesus Christ is the only thing that will stay with you in every circumstance of life. Think about it. When you walk through the fiery trial of life on this side of the grave, no matter what you're going through, no matter what pain, listen, just because you follow Jesus does not mean you live a life without pain, without struggle, without disappointment. It doesn't mean that. Matter of fact, Jesus said it will happen to you, but don't worry, I will be with you always. When you walk through all of these things, and even when you step on the grave and then cross over into the grave, he will be with you. He will walk with you through death, through the valley of the shadow of death. He will stand with you on the other side of the grave and in the presence of the almighty God. He's the only one you're going to take. He's going to who's going to go with you. He's the only pearl that will remain. He's the only thing that you can take from this life into the next. And we spend so much time worrying about the pearls that we'll never take with us, that will stay on this side of the grave. And we forget of the value of the pearl, a great price.
Jesus Christ alone is able to say this to you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He's the only person to say this and actually be able to fulfill it. When the pearl merchant saw the pearl, he immediately knew its value. He knew that pearl is of great value. If you're still trying to work out if being fully committed to Jesus is worth it, you have not seen the full value of the treasure that's before you. If you feel it would be too hard to give up sins, to give up your lifestyle, your desires, then you've yet to see the unique value of Jesus Christ. Because when the merchant saw it, he left everything and sold everything to be able to buy it. When you see Jesus and the value of all that he has and all that he offers us, your question is not, what do I have to give up to get him? What do I have to do to get that treasure? It is what do I need to do to get the pearl? I'm going to do whatever it takes. I, whatever it takes, I'm going to make that pearl mine. I'm going to sell every pearl I got in my life. Every identity, every thought, everything, every position, every title, everything you want, every bit of pride, I'm going to give it all up so that I can obtain the pearl of great price because Jesus is of supreme value. The third thing that Jesus is talking about in this passage, in these parables here, is this, selling. Everyone say selling. It is, actually Matthew uh, verse 44 says this, in his joy, speaking of the merchant, he goes and he sells all he has. Finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had. When the person, when a person sees the unique value of Jesus. This right here is the provoked response. Selling. I'll get rid of anything else in my life. They're willing to sell anything in order to obtain Jesus. There's no hesitation. There's no reluctance. There's no, oh, let me see if I want. No, no. Once you see the value, you will realize nothing else in my life matters. Paul gives us, actually, the real-life example of, of what Jesus is describing in this parable. It's remarkable what Paul writes about. And listen to Paul talk about the pearls he had, but he sold them to obtain Jesus. He says this, if anyone else thinks he has a reason for confidence in the flesh, in other words, pearl in their bag, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. So after Paul found Jesus, but really the right way of saying that is Jesus found him and knocked him off his donkey and said, Hey, son, you want to follow me? He says, Yes, sir. That's really what happened. But after Jesus found him and changed his life, his identity could no longer define him. Everything changed in his identity. His Hebrew identity could no longer mean it. It meant nothing to him. Race could no longer define him. Having Christ, this is what Paul was saying, having Jesus Christ to me is more than being Jewish. And when you're a new creation in Christ, my friends, no matter where you're at, no matter what titles you hold, you don't define yourself by race, by work, by anything else. You defined yourself in Christ. 
You may be a mother, you may be a father, you may be a banker, an athlete, a teacher, a missionary, a pastor, but only for a while. Because all of these are temporary assignments for you. One day you won't be a mother. One day you won't be a father. One day you won't be an athlete, a banker, a businessman. All of these are temporary. You are in Christ. This is the identity that defines you. After Jesus saved Paul, Paul's community could no longer welcome him. He was cast out. He was cut off. Paul loved being a, being a Pharisee. He was of the elite club, man. They gave him a jacket. Well, I don't know if they did this or not, but I can assume. Gave him a jacket with a little emblem that says, you've arrived or something. I don't know. He was of the best. I mean, when people name dropped, they name dropped Paul. Or actually it was Saul at the time. They would talk about Saul. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was with Saul. I was around Saul. He was, the, he was at the top of his game respected and honored. When he walked into the room, people stood because Saul of Tarsus is here. He, was, he, he had arrived. But from the moment he believed in Jesus Christ, he knew he would never be welcomed again in his community. He knew it. He knew everything had changed. The ball game had changed. At one time, being a part of that community was his gain. He, he found great pleasure, great identity. It was who he was. But when he put that against the supreme value of Jesus Christ and what Jesus had done in his life, he could only count that as a loss. It didn't matter. It was, it was just filthy compared to Jesus. This still happens today, actually. People make commitments to follow Jesus. It happens in all the other religions. Someone make a commitment to follow Jesus. That are Muslim. They are cut off from their community. Whether you're a Hindu, whether you're a Buddhist... Whether even if you're Jewish, if you make a commitment to declare Jesus as the Lord of your life, you are cut off, severed from your community. But people do it by the thousands every day because once they see the value of Jesus, their community doesn't matter anymore. Paul did the same thing. He knew his community would never welcome him. And then his passion was no longer the same. He went from persecuting the church to now building the church and encouraging the church. Everything changed. His passion had to change because it wasn't in the will of God. Here's the question for us today. Is your passion in the will of God? Is what you're doing and what, you're, what wakes you up in the morning, is that in the will of God? It might be. But the question is, is it? Have you allowed the value of Jesus to transform the passion of your life? And when you see the supreme value of Jesus Christ, you know if you're going to have Jesus that some passions need to go away, some things you need to give up, some things you need to let go. And if there's a bigger pearl, I want you to hear this for a moment. If there is a bigger pearl in your life than Jesus that you're unwilling to sell, you know, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm not going to let it go. If there's a bigger pearl than Jesus in your life that you're not willing to sell, at some point, you will sell Jesus for that pearl. At some point, you will sell Jesus for that pearl. That's why Jesus said, and these are the words of Jesus. He said this, if you don't love me more than your father or your mother or your son or your daughter, you cannot be my disciple. That doesn't mean you, you just you reject them and no, it just means this. If you ask your family if you can obey God, then they're a bigger pearl. 
If you, if, if you first think, what's my family going to think before you think, what does Jesus think? Then they're a bigger pearl. And if you don't reconcile that, one day you will sell Jesus for that pearl. He also said in Luke 14, 27, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. My prayer today for you and I is that we would see the supreme value of Jesus Christ and count it worth any price to follow him. No matter what he says, no matter where he leads you, no matter what direction it takes you, I will follow Jesus. My friends, we live in a day and age The gospel of Jesus Christ is not some pretty story. It is the necessity for a transformed world. And unless we understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus, which means to be a rejecter of everything else in the world except for Jesus, unless you don't understand that, the gospel is going to fall flat because we won't represent it properly. I think one of the greatest things of when a person communicates the gospel of Jesus and says, come and follow Jesus, it's important that they understand you are leaving something to follow Jesus. The old hymn that I have decided to follow Jesus, there's no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. That is what this whole parable is about. This is what Jesus is teaching us today. This is what he's speaking to us today. And the last thing I want to look at is this idea of buying. Jesus is talking about buying here. In verses 44 and 46, he says, Then in his joy he goes and he sells all that he has to buy the field. On finding one pearl of great value, went And sold all that he had, and he bought it. There's a definite transaction here. He was exchanging something. That's why Jesus uses the image of buying and selling. We know that salvation is a free gift. We know that it's free for all of those who want to accept it. But here's the deal. It can only be received with empty hands. (laughs) The gift... The pearl of great price can only be received with empty hands. It's the only, only time it will land into your soul. It's when you say, Jesus, I don't want anything else in my life. I want you. When the merchant buys this pearl and this parable, he's done buying. He doesn't have to look anymore. He's, he's, he's out of the market. I'm no longer in the pearl business. Why? Because I found the pearl a great price. He goes and he tells him, hey, pearl merchant. Nope, I'm not a pearl merchant anymore because I found the pearl a great price. He calls up Bono and says, you need to rewrite the song because I found what I was looking for. I found it. It's in Jesus Christ. I found the treasure a great price. I found the pearl a great price. It's all in Jesus Christ. So when the pearl merchant made his final purchase, it gave him a vision for the rest of his life. It gave him a direction that his old life was gone. And this is what Jesus does for us as well. 
No matter where you're at today, no matter what you're facing, maybe you walked in a field and you didn't realize the treasure that was around you. Maybe you're in this room today and you've never realized the treasure of Jesus Christ. Maybe I've talked about these martyrs and you thought, man, that's crazy. Why not just say, I recant? Why not just, why not just I, you know, we can, we can ride the fence. You know, I'll be a Christian here and then I'll not be over here. It doesn't matter. Listen, according to this parable, there is an abandonment for those who want to follow Jesus. The road to destruction is wide. The road to salvation is narrow. Because you got to make a choice. How are you going to live your life? And then once you make that choice, I want to live it for you, then Jesus gives you the grace to live it. He walks with you on that narrow pathway. And when, when the, our flesh is crying out to do this or to do that and to be drawn this way or drawn that way, Jesus said, son, daughter, I'm with you. I'm with you. Come on, let's hang in there. He is the pearl of great price. When you find him, you will stop searching. Here's the good news today. The owner of the pearl is ready to sell. He's ready to give it to you. If you will have Christ, then Christ will have you. It's that simple. There's no no hoops to jump through. This parable speaks to all of us today who are searching, who are finding, who are selling, who are buying. I think what Jesus is really saying is, listen, there's more to this life than what you can realize. There's more in the field. There's more for you to obtain. There's more in me that I want you to have, but you got to give up a pearl. you got to give things up in your life. You may have been walking with Jesus your whole life. Listen, this thing smacked me right between the eyes this week. There are things in my life, pearls in my life that I hold on to. And I try to hold on to Jesus at the same time. And Jesus is like, what are you doing? I, I want more of you. I want more of you, Jesus. Have all of my life. And he's like, okay, deal. Get rid of the pearls. Get rid of any identity that you have outside of me. Any dream that, that secretly you're maybe wanting to, to accomplish or achieve, give it up. Hold me with both hands. Maybe that's what Jesus is saying to some of you today. You've walked with Jesus. You've been with him for a long time. And there's this restlessness in your heart that you know that there's more. And I'm telling you, Jesus is saying through this parable, there is more. I'm the more. Come receive all of me. Begin to surrender things in your life. And I will, you will finally find what you're looking for. Maybe you're here today. And you've never found that treasure. You've never purchased that pearl. Listen, today's your day. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.